HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. It's a butter egg made from plants. Bring more customers in your doors with Just Egg. Start with a free sample at ju.st slash hrn. This week on Meet and 3, we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month with an episode about memory. I've always read and sort of approached cookbooks for more than the recipes. To me, they are full of narrative content and narrative value. So Malama Aina basically means to take care of the land. For us as Hawaiians, it's taking care of our older sibling. But I do remember like definitely feeling like self-conscious about it, like being the only one who kind of wasn't eating a sandwich and like didn't have a bag of goldfish or Lunchables. Listen to Meet and 3 wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty swell, actually. How are you doing, man? I am all right. Um, I'm very, very busy <laughs> because... That's the average person's great. Souther Teague's all right is the average person's best day ever. Yeah, it might be exceptional. Um, I'm very, very busy. Um, we've had yet another staff change at the, at the building. So for the past three services, I have been both tending the bar at reserve and diving into the kitchen to make the food for reserve. So it's quite an experience for myself and for the guest, I think, to see me run back and forth from the bar to the kitchen to make both the drinks and the food. But on an up note, I just got delivered yesterday my char griller uh, smoking grill, uh, which I'm super stoked about, but it comes in literally over 100 pieces. So I've got to assemble the thing. Ooh. But as soon as I get that joker put together, it's uh, we're all about uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up. What do you got? What have I got? I mean, I'm uh, let's see. I got a bike ride planned for the actual day of Memorial Day weekend. I had to um, I have to do something that is both insane and dangerous for a project that I'm working on, Souther. I have to go to brunch 
without a reservation on one of the weekend days of Memorial Day weekend. And I had to ask a lot of people <laughs> to come with me because I don't want to do this mission solo. And a lot of people understandably said, hell no. But uh, I have a, I have a friend, a very good friend who's willing to come along with me. So I'm going to do that and then probably just get to the beach, man. Like it's the, it's the, uh, the official start of summer. It's here. We made it. Man, barely it seems. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be uh, on that. Li- I would be on the list of people who said no to to brunching on on Memorial Day weekend this year. Oh, I know. I did a whole podcast with you where you ex- expounded on your feelings about brunch. Particularly, I think on the, I think the second you said the word brunch on that episode, my response was "fuck brunch." <laughs> yes, yes, it was thirty seconds into the interview. <laughs> And then your next words were, can I swear on this podcast? And yeah, the answer yeah. is yes. Yes, you can. Yeah, yes, it's can. not fresh fucking air. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm just, exci- I'm just excited for summer. And I've been thinking a lot about how this time last year, we were all sort of, you know, the the bubble that we had been living in that, oh, this is uh, only going to be like six to eight weeks maximum mm. uh, was sort of starting to pop. And we were realizing that we were all kind of in for the long haul. And it was a very different sort of three-day weekend. I'm not really aware of three-day weekends anyway. I work in the bar industry. They always sneak up on me. And I'm always, I usually realize it's a three-day weekend when I'm like, why are we still six deep at 8 p.m. on a Sunday night? Um, But it's going to be nice to see. I, I, I do think that holidays are important. This is one thing I've really realized over the past year. They're important as a way to like mark the end of one chapter and the beginning of another. And I do really think that having getting to experience the sort of ceremonial summer is here in New York City holiday in a way that we didn't get to last year is going to be really great for a lot of people's psyches and I am definitely one of them. Yeah, I'm uh well and truly overdue to visit the beach and get some sand in my toes. Um so I'll be making an effort to get that done as well as soon as I can get these. You staffing, should come. Matt, issues. Matt Levy of the Covert Cocktail Club and I have a, uh, a a plan to throw you in one of those like giant ice chests and drag you to the beach one of these days if you haven't made it voluntarily by July. So just be just be on the lookout for that. I'll, I'll stand by for that. I mean, I, you know, I'll I'll take it welcomely, frankly. It's it's not about the lack of desire, Greg. It's it's the things that keep just getting in my way. This is you know, as you said, we're definitely coming to the end of it, and the, there's there's some lights peeking through at the end of the tunnel. But man, there's still a lot of obstacles in between here and there that are just 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 curveballing me, man. Uh, all, that's there were always going to be obstacles. I mean, that's the thing. There were there were obstacles in the before times. Too, oh yeah, of course. You know? And and I that's always you know, I, it's not it, everything. It's I, it's weird, I think, because everything's shut down with the flip of a switch for people to realize even though we sort of knew it in the back of our heads to really experience that we're not going to be able to just flip the switch back on. Yeah, you know, off, it wasn't a switch. It was, it was more of an emergency break. Yeah. So now we have to fix some stuff before we can get rolling again. You know? Yeah. I think of it as off like a light switch on like a dimmer switch. Exactly. It's, it's like a slow ramp back up. But uh, speaking one of, of summer, one of these days, we'll get you to the beach. And, yeah. and I think you were about to do the same thing. Speaking of the beach. Yeah. Um, we have joining us from Fisher's Island, of Fisher's Island lemonade fame, uh, Branya Shillo. Thank you so, so much for coming in and hanging out with us on this Memorial Day weekend episode of The Speakeasy. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's a, it's a pleasure to have this opportunity. It's uh, great to meet you guys and experience this podcast. Yeah, and this is an anniversary for you coming up, right, this weekend? 
It is. It is our seven-year anniversary of being in the canned cocktail RTD space. It's it's incredibly uh, hard to imagine that there's a better half of a decade here on the ready-to-drink cocktail space as it's becoming such a hot trend. Yeah, I think I think the, the the topic commonly for us recently, certainly during the pandemic, has been RTDs and their proliferation. But but and of course, in the last maybe two to three years, with the real rise in things like Truly and uh, White Claw, et cetera. But you've been on the scene for seven years, and going further, I think your product is more of a true cocktail with actual spirits, not a not a fermented product like like many of the ones that are on the market. Yes, absolutely. So the uh, the difference mainly with Fisher's Island Lemonade is it's made with real spirits, distilled spirits that um, you know you can you can name and pronounce. So we've got vodka and whiskey as our two spirits, and it's also uh, sweetened with natural lemon and honey. And uh, it is the the house recipe and beverage of uh, my family's bar out on Fisher's Island, which is part of New York State. And uh, we've been making this this juice here for a number of decades. And in 2014, I had the grand idea to start canning our cocktail. It was a fantastic uh, experience and such a journey so far. It's been a really great time working with this whole liquor category and just really educating the consumers on, on the main difference of you know, what we're putting in the can, which is really high premium ingredients. Yeah, let's reel the clock back a little bit and talk about that. You, you were working at the family bar and you were you, this drink was on the menu, and it was popular. And suddenly, you said to yourself, "Man, it would be so much easier if I could just hand somebody a can." Which, which, which again, seven years ago was a somewhat revolutionary thought, right? Yep. So behind the bar, I had just been, you know, working my my evening shifts, my dinner shifts, and late night. Being New York State, we're open till four in the morning legally, and um, there was just a constant flow. Like you were saying before, it's like, oh my God, when you look up on a holiday weekend and you're still six deep behind the bar. And uh, that's pretty much where I had the light bulb moment, um, my aha moment behind the bar working, you know, late night shift. And, you know, I was cracking a bottle of beer, opening it from the cooler. And I was like, I wish we could do this with Fishers. We just go through it so much. Our bartenders would get pulled off the bar to go, you know, restock it or have to make more. And, you know, I was like, if, if I'm trying to figure out how to be more efficient as a bartender and as a manager and family owner, then I'm sure there's other people in my position. And then you just continue to uh, pull back the onion layers and find out there really wasn't much like this out there in the market and jumped off a cliff and started figuring it out. So was this like an ancestral like family bar recipe? Was this the one that was like, you know, like the the cocktail that you would get at the bar for, you know, decades? Yeah, so this this specific recipe was passed down from bartender to bartender. So I'm the youngest in my family. Um, it's my sister and I and some cousins that have uh, bartended, as well as a handful of uh, you know local friends and family members that um, you know have gotten their start there and just had great summers. And so I just you know absorbed a lot as, as a young kid growing up in the bar scene. And you know by the time I got to be 18 and start bartending, you know I started having responsibilities of do inventory, do this, and then started, you know, batching up the lemonade. And we would constantly be asked, you know, from visitors or, you know, locals or people, you know, coming back for the summer, like, can I get an FIL? And they, they would want a Fisher's and we would, you know, have it behind the bar and pour it over ice, garnish with lemon, little mint. And it was also kind of like a coming of age drink too. people, as soon as they were 21, they're like, Oh my God, I can't wait to get a Fisher's. And they'd come in and that was like sort of their celebratory 
their drink for for you know birthday drink. Ah, well, sure. I imagine imagine out there you have like families that come and this is their their yearly trip or their summer vacation that they go on, and so like it just it, it sort of breeds its own legacy. Oh, absolutely. That the entire you know island itself is is very much you know like that as well. And so you know when you have the only bar on the island and you know, there's family members and cousins and just, you know, family and friends that you constantly are growing up with generationally or just, it's a beautiful place that people sail into and they visit and it's natural beauty just attracts people to come and experience it. And, you know, Fisher's Island Lemonade was definitely one of those things which sort of a word of mouth. It was certainly, you know, our, our highlighted menu cocktail uh, item. And, at the end of the day, I was just constantly running out of the liquid. And I was like, man, I just wish I could keep up with this. And, you know, the holiday weekends, such as Memorial Day, kicking it off into summer and then going into the 4th of July. And, you know, honestly, any Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, we'd be busy, just like, you know, any other summer bar. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's so, so I do want to get back to the, the, the very radical jump you made. Was it sort of, I'm just imagining this, you know, cinematic moment where you're kind of like, you know, looking at the, the jugs of lemonade that you have and a can of beer in, in your other hand, and you're kind of looking back and forth and you're like, wait a minute. Like, did you, nowadays everyone takes RTDs for granted. How much convincing did you have to do for people that no, seriously, this isn't an insane idea. This is actually going to work. Oh, well the, the first, like, you know, four or five years was very much just building blocks and foundational and, you know, educational with, you know, not only for myself and, you know, starting this from the ground up and truly uh, just going after this business almost as uh, sort of a replacement for business school, because this is not something that I felt like I could, you know, learn in a classroom or, you know, distribution and all that kind of, you know, liquor laws. So, um, I just continued to educate myself little by little as I started, um, you know, saving up to, to go on this venture and, you know, figure out how to, you know, put the liquid in the can and work with people that, you know, could help me get there, uh, including distributors, because they weren't quite sure how to price us or categorize us or merchandise us in the stores. And then furthermore, you know, in the restaurants and the on-premise, which I had the most experience in, and, you know, had the, the moment of like, this is an efficiency for, for a bartender, consistency, and, you know, it's reliable. Consumers know what it is. And, you know, every year there's just always, you know, another challenge. But overall, it's been a lot of education, just, you know, explaining to people what we're putting in the can, how it's different and how it's more premium and how it's higher quality ingredients and that it's, it's just like you're drinking a margarita, but it's, you know, this is our, our family cocktail from our family bar. And, you know, it has a lot of roots and a great story to it. And, you know, when we first canned it in that, that Memorial Day weekend, 2014, I mean, Instagram was just coming out as well. So it virtually sort of exploded and people were sharing it and, and tagging each other and coming into our bar and, you know, coming over from places like Block Island in Connecticut and being like, can I get a four pack to go? Like, I, I can't believe you actually put this stuff in a can and it's got the label. It's like you, you actually, you know, stamp the label on it and it's a tangible thing now. And I can go ahead and share this with my you know, family elsewhere. And it's, uh, it's been such an amazing experience because it just puts a huge smile on people's faces when they taste it and when they hear the story or maybe they've been a part of it as an original consumer and they're just can't believe that it's actually, you know, a brand now. 
Well, right. I mean, even the ability to say, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to have this thing at this bar and restaurant that I enjoy going to. Vacation's winding down and coming to an end, and I can pack up some of this stuff and take it back home and extend my vacation a little, right? Absolutely. And, you know, either that or like going to a wedding and it's a signature cocktail and people are guests from out of town and they try this and they're like, oh my God, I'm hooked. Like, how did, where did you find this and how can I get it? And, you know, I'm from across the country and, or maybe they're just, you know, directly from that state and they just haven't been exposed to it yet. So it's, it's a really fun item to share. And, and, um, you know, it just, it tastes so good. It's so well balanced. As you mentioned before, it's, it's a true cocktail in a can versus say, you know, one of the malt products or even, you know, just doing like a one-to-one type recipe, like, you know, a rum and cola or a vodka soda. So you're getting two, you know, premium spirits of the vodka and the whiskey. And then, you know, who doesn't like lemonade? I always sort of say it's like America, hot dog and apple pie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one theme that I've always encountered anytime I talk to anybody who's trying to do something that is is different than something anybody else has ever done in the alcohol space before is they always say, yeah, I had this great idea and, you know, I ran some numbers and it looked good and I like got the recipe right and I was really ready to like get it out there. And then I had to spend two years getting all of my legal ducks in a row. Like, what was that mm-hmm. like as a pioneer in the RTD space? I mean, we talked to people who are doing RTDs now, seven years ago, and they always talk about what a pain in the ass it is to jump through the legal hoops around canning and distributing distilled spirits. What was what was that like for you? Did you, did you know, was it complicated? And did you know that it was going to be complicated? Or was it something that kind of came out of left field at you? I I definitely knew it was going to be like life changing in the sense of this was going to be my my day in day out work. Um, I was working three jobs at the time just to kind of save up for it, but I knew that I was going to pull those plugs and just go with this a hundred percent. And it just I was so ready for it because I had spent so many years behind the bar and absolutely loving the community and the customers and the experience, but. I just knew that there was something else that I was meant to be doing. And at the end of like just looking down the the tunnel and seeing that there was sort of this light of like no one's really been doing this yet. And that this is something so new was just incredibly motivating because I enjoy challenges, but this was certainly like a whack-a-mole challenge. Like you've mentioned, it's like the TTV or like the cola or like, you know, just trying to get production or you know, distribution. And then even after you get distribution, trying to get someone to buy it and like get behind it, there's just constant, constant challenges, um, especially in the liquor space. And then all the competition and everything that comes behind some major suppliers and brands, um, you know, being, being a little one is definitely um, gives you that kind of like mighty mouse, like fighting power and passion to just kind of keep, you know, running your race. But I think also growing up, on an island such as Fisher's Island, you, you're used to challenges, you're used to like the logistics. And even when it came down to like, trying to get like a keg of beer that I thought would be awesome to put on tap. And like, you realize that you're just constantly like, just peeling back the onion layers of like, how do I find this? How do I get it over here? Like who can you know deliver it to the ferry or, you know, whatever it is, just one more extra step that we have to figure out as a community in order to, you know, live our lives. So 
I feel like that really kind of prepared me for life a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, and that's all I, I, I can definitely see where working the logistics of that, of trying to get all this stuff out to, you know, a, a literal Island in the middle. It's in the, it's in the Long Island sound, right? Am I getting that right? Correct. It's, it's technically part of New York. Uh, you access it through Connecticut. So if you were to like take Montauk straight into Connecticut, you would, you would run into Fishers. Ah, so yeah, I'm sure that uh, getting booze out to that island from distributors made you no stranger to uh, jumping through logistical hurdles by the time oh, you started yeah. on this. I Did you this. grow up out there? I grew up um, there in the summers with my family who who owned the bar. So as soon as school got out and, and even on the weekends beforehand, it was just like, get up and go and get to work. So. I think I got more sleep when I was in college than I did when I was actually working at the bar. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds about right for uh, my any any experience <laughs> that I have working in bars. It's like, man, I was so well rested when I was just you know partying all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm pretty sure my liver was more well rested in college compared to the Pequot nights too. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> Well, we're at about the halfway point here, so we're mm-hmm. going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors, but we'll be right back to talk with and try some Fisher's Island Lemonade with Branya Shillow. So stay tuned to the Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, so Southern, I did something that felt both incredibly normal and incredibly weird last night. You want to know what it was? I mean, with a lead in like that, I'm compelled to say no. <laughs> well, you, but I have to tell you now because it's radio. We can't just drop it. The list, we'd get so many angry emails if we did that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to yeah. tell you anyway. Begrudgingly, so, I say yes. Then. <laughs> uh, see, we still it's good old good old storm cloud southern. Um, so uh, last night I was working on. Uh, I was working pretty late. I was doing some writing uh, and I was wrapping things up. And I realized that most of what I had to do for the rest of the night I could do on my phone. So for the first time. In about a year and a half, I left my apartment, walked down the street, and went to a bar. I just decided on a lark. I didn't have to make a reservation or anything. I went to a bar, and I sat at the bar, and I had a beer and worked at the bar. And it felt simultaneously so normal and so deeply, deeply strange that 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 we're, we're kind of back, you know? And it's yeah. good, but it's weird. I don't know where to put that psychologically. What about you? I mean, I think that the word you're looking for is it's anxiety driving. We're still, uh, you know, kind of being very cautious, but cautiously optimistic, I hope. And we're, we're, we're doing what you said. We, you're, you can kind of now make these decisions on the fly. You don't have to make a plan or make a reservation. Which is great, but it's also, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's been a lot of discussion recently. You know, I, I hear it a lot of, you know, people who are trying to get back on the dating apps and are like, how do I even talk to other human beings now? I'm so rusty. Like, how do we how do we do these things that we used to do so effortlessly, like just go to a bar and sit down and hang out and have a beer? Well, yeah, and that's the general public. Think about us. We're rusty at just our, uh, you know, our jobs. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, where can we look to find things that are trending? Where can we look to get information about batching cocktails or, you know, uh, low ABV or no ABV syrups, which were trending right before uh, the pandemic hit? And I assume they are again. You know, where, where can we where can we reach out to find these things? Uh, DiagioBarAcademy.com, Souther. Uh, it has <laughs> got a wealth of information about all the things you just mentioned, about what's trending, about low and no ABV serves, about uh, some 
trends that you may have missed over the past year and a half because we were all to in go our cocktails. Little, yeah, to go cocktails. Like I haven't how to cost one them? of those yet. Yeah, how to how to build them, how to market them. Like I don't know how to do all this stuff, which is really great that there's a resource like Diageo Bar Academy. What's and the entry fee? What's the entry fee on this situation? I was going to say, Souther, ask me how much it costs. Yeah, yeah, I, I love I love it when you when when you answer these questions for me. How much? Ask me how much it costs. How much does it cost? Greg? It's free. Hey. It's totally free. Uh, <laughs> so you really have seriously, you do have nothing to lose. It's got an amazing range of courses for everybody from people who are just curious and want to get started to people who have been doing this for decades. It's got something for everybody, and it's you know, there's nothing that you lose by learning more, I always say. So I would encourage everybody to go and check it out. And where can they do that, Greg? They can do that at diageobaracademy.com, which is D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. So yeah, check yeah. it out today and you you will not regret it. Yeah, especially Diageo, the next time you're at a bar. Yeah, Diageo Bar Academy provides everything you need to, to raise the bar and enhance your career. It's got members-only content like e-learnings and downloadable tools, masterclass events with global industry experts, quizzes to test your knowledge, uh, ways to boost sales by creating profitable menus, grow your business by expanding your digital footprint. I mean, it's really got it all. And again, as Greg said, it's absolutely free. It's a it's a great resource for anyone who's uh, at any level. You know, if you're just a, a home consumer and you just want to see how the sausage is made, take a look. Um, so I highly recommend you go and sign up for Diageo Bar Academy. D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Get into it. Do it. And we're back on the Speakeasy. Today, we're having a great conversation with Bronya from Fisher's Island Lemonade. And I stepped off during the break to grab one out of my fridge. I'm going to crack one open right now. I've got the uh, the Fisher's Island Lemonade spiked tea, which we didn't talk about yet, because you've just launched several new marks. I'm going to crack it open now. Oh, yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah, baby. Bingo. <laughs> oh, man. That new mic sounds great. <laughs> What? Now, now yeah, that's good radio. <laughs> yeah, that man. We're, we're very. I'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast while you're driving because you probably really, really want to drink right now after hearing that, but you can't. And so, oh, have now it's so us. refreshing. <laughs> it is so refreshing. It's a great way to kick off the weekend. Uh, so let's talk about this one real fast, or let's talk about, uh, you know, everything you've just done. Um, we've got other things we want to talk about too, but, uh, you've come out with some new flavors just recently for your seven year anniversary, which is this weekend, right? Exactly. Memorial day weekend, 2014 is when uh, Fisher's Island lemonade in a can was born. And the original flavor is uh, obviously a lemonade and that's the name of the company Fisher's Island lemonade, but I've got the spiked tea, which says on the can vodka and whiskey with natural juice and flavors, 7% alcohol by volume. And it is super refreshing and delicious. I think I just inadvertently chugged about half of it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely goes on smooth. Well, you know, when you crack open a can, you assume that it's going to be carbonated. So I just went for that first pull and it, it didn't like giving me that harshness of bubbles to slow me down. So, I, yeah, I kind of drank about half of it in one go. It is delicious. Well, okay, you've you've convinced me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into my fridge right now and grab one for my very own self. <laughs> you got a fridge in the studio there, <laughs> Champ? Also, <laughs> You're too far away. That we have over here. Um, which I'm talk. excited about, and this one actually. So this one does have some carbonation in it. Uh, is that right? 
It does. So this is uh, Fisher's Island Fizz is our first product that has carbonation to it. It's actually a light carbonation um, and it has just a little effervescent on the palate. So it's it's meant to be a little bit lighter than a, a soda or, you know, the, another carbonated beverage, but it's incredibly smooth drinking. I'm excited to hear what you guys think of, of the products. Well, I'm excited to try it. Cheers. Um, cheers to you, bud. Well, I, would, I already said this tea that I'm drinking is super refreshing, goes down real easy. I mean, it speaks to summer for sure. The can has a beautiful sort of striped, uh, uh, you know, very summery look to it as well. Um, but I'm also cracking into this uh, Fisher's Lemonade Popsicle you sent me, um, which also clocks in at 7%. Yes. So the, the Fisher's Island Lemonade Popsicle uh, is, is an extension of sort of our innovation outside of the can. So it's, uh, it's meant to be frozen and consumed, hopefully, with uh, some friends like you guys are here today. Uh, but it's just another fun way to experience Fisher's Island Lemonade. And um, we're super proud to launch all of these new items off the, the flagship of Fisher's Island Lemonade, the house recipe, uh, the Pequot Inn. And um, that one clocks in at 9% alcohol. So that one, just sort of the one that kicked off uh, the scene of RTDs and Ken cocktails, we're super proud of. But we've been, you know, having these other items here in our Rolodex for a handful of years and just kind of waiting for the right timing to uh, release the extensions of Fisher's Island Lemonade. So what better than a year of us all being cooped up and can't wait to go out and socialize. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, this popsicle is delicious. It's um, it just tastes, you know, like a nice bright lemony um, popsicle, but because of the alcohol level, it's not rock hard frozen as ice. Right. So it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. chewable and edible. Um, <clears throat> and then because I can't stop myself on that type, <laughs> I'm going to put the rest of my popsicle. I've already ate about a third of it into my Collins glass and then pour the rest of this tea over it. <laughs> oh, you must. Yeah. So this is my Lord. lemonade popsicle ice for my spark, uh, spiked tea. Happy oh, start yeah. of summer, everybody. <laughs> That's mixology, baby. I'm going to join you all with uh, the, the Fisher's Island pink flamingo. So I'm going to join in on your, on your happy hour here. What's the pink flamingo all about? So the pink flamingo is uh, our take on a pink lemonade. So what makes pink lemonade pink? Uh, our answer to that is that it's a, it's a cranberry lemonade. So we're from New England, and we figured we'd put a little bit of that you know, New England flair in there with the, the cranberry bogs. And this is just a nice, refreshing, just blush uh, coloring to making uh, the classic pink lemonade. So cheers, guys. Cheers to you. Cheers. I'm going to pour a little more over my ice. I'm glad you noticed the Fisher's Island lemonade pop, um, the texture. I, I took a lot of uh, pride and research on this one just because I really wanted to make sure that it was uh, a fun experience, not a rock hard, just sort of like crunch that, you know, maybe, you know, in our childhood days, we, we had some other, you know, popsicles. But this is just such a fun experience with uh, those people who maybe have already had Fisher's Island lemonade, but just a whole nother way. And it's Great for backyard barbecues or, you know, going to the beach or even we're having some great fun with it on the uh, restaurant scene, doing bucket programs or even, you know, on the golf course, sort of like halfway house. There's like the options are sort of endless and people are just really excited. So it's, you know, not just great to have different flavors, but clearly the classic recipe, you know, has, you know, room for extension in all sorts of different formats. Yeah, I think that what's ringing my bell about this one that I'm drinking is that it tastes very much um, 
as you just said, really classic. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of RTDs um, these days maybe try and overreach that, you know, try and be, um, I don't want to say too in- innovative. I think innovative is what we're all about in this field. But, you know, when I'm reaching for something in a can, I'm looking for something that's like, I understand this and I know this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that so far my experience with this one, and even you just said at the halfway house, like I haven't been golfing in forever, but yeah, this tastes like, I'm, you know, something I drink on the back of the golf cart, you know, as I'm teeing up. Exactly. Um, and it's great on this nice, uh, you know, sort of shard of popsicle ice too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and, I, and I appreciate I appreciate the attention to the popsicle consistency too, because we all remember those ones that were just hard as rocks. And the trick was always like waiting just long enough yep. that mm-hmm. they were kind of like tempering it, squishy and appealing. Yeah, exactly, but not so long that they just turned back into a liquid. So good, good on you for paying attention to like finding that sweet spot. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys noticed that. And it's uh, you, you had mentioned also just you know grabbing a can of something that you're familiar with, and that was really you know my approach with expanding the line of Fisher's Island Lemonade. There's there's so many options to go with. There's you know the really cocktail forward. We are starting to use herbs and maybe bitters and things like that sort that you would see at a you know mixologist use behind the bar, or there's more of like the just common approachable and I understand what it is and it's like, Oh, okay. It's a half and half. It's spiked tea and lemonade or it's a, it's a cranberry lemonade. And I took a, a long, hard sort of couple of years to think about this because this is what consumers were actually asking for when we would go to events or we do samplings or bartenders would do, you know, a Fisher's Island lemonade menu placement and just sort of spruce up the Fisher's in a can and, you know, maybe pour out half the can and make like, an elderflower or domain de Canton kind of yeah. you know, cocktail on the menu. So we just really wanted to make sure that as successful as Fisher's original was, the others were going to be really well received and just as well balanced. So, so far so good. Everybody has been really excited and it's kind of depends on your mood on which one you're going to crack open. They're also yummy. Yeah. And I think your packaging is super, um, I don't know. Damon usually chimes in on these design things because he has a degree in design. I was, very... I was just thinking Damon would love these cans. <laughs> yeah, it's very um, appealing. You know, um, it, it looks it, – it speaks to, you know, kind of summer, good time, outdoor, like, you know, the little uh, um, silhouette of the island on there. Like, it, you know, I don't know. It just It's telling me, yeah, <laughs> let's go outside and drink this. Um, yeah, so – so I wanted to ask about like going back to kind of like being one of the first people in the RTD space. Like, you know, we talk a lot of times about like how you have to educate your your guests and your consumers, especially if you're giving them something that they haven't seen before. Was there a lot of times when you would put this drink in people's hands and they would go, I don't, what do I, what, what, what do I do with this? What is, is it? Is it a beer? Is it a gin and tonic? Like, what is it? Did you have to do a lot of educating people about the product? Um, or, you know, was, I, I, I imagine that once they took a sip, they'd be like, oh, I get it. I like this. But how much of those early days was spent being like, it's a cocktail, but in a can. Yeah. The, uh, the education point, which is kind of, there's, there's so many different avenues that it can go down, but for the most part, as soon as the can was put in their hand and they saw the label, I mean, just like you guys mentioned, it's, it's appealing, it's attractive. It's like, it makes you just sort of like be curious and then want to open the can. And as soon as people try this, it's just, it's so well balanced. And because you are using real ingredients and real spirits, it makes, you know, just such a big difference. And 
it's people are usually like, wow, I can't believe this is actually 9%. This goes down so smooth. So the liquid truly sells itself. And, you know, that just takes the time to be, you know, researching the ingredients that you're using and making sure that you're, you know, using the right sort of, uh, you know, balancing of the different ingredients. You know, the lemon is, you know, a little bit tart. So we use the honey in order to balance that out. I mean, I think the whiskey is a great component to this cocktail because, you know, that with lemon as well just really gives it a little bit of a, a robust flavor, well-rounded with everything together. And and people definitely pick up on the whiskey too. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe you put whiskey and vodka together. And I sort of couldn't believe it when I picked up the can, to be honest with you, but it works. Yeah. The vodka just kind of helps, you know, increase the ABV. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I think the whiskey is, is, is helping the tea quite a bit as well. Um, yeah. I want to talk more about, um, you know, again, back to the beginning when you're maybe trying to have it, have to explain to people like, yes, it's a cocktail. Yes, it's in a can, et cetera. Um, but I want to go back to the beginning and talk about how you were a young woman and, and that you were a woman. <laughs> uh, was that hard to break into this space? Was that, were there challenges that were presented uh, just because of that? Uh, definitely. I mean, you mentioned young women, and I think that that's one of the biggest things for, for me that surprises uh, people when they hear about Fisher's Island Lemonade and they meet me or they read the story. And, you know, I, I started the company, you know, seven years ago when I was about 28 years old and I was still bartending. And it was, uh, you know, just trying to knock down doors and, you know, work with relationships and, uh, you know, people who are familiar with the brand in Connecticut and parts of New York and, you know, expand slowly and steadily from there. But for the most part, people are just pretty shocked. They're like, I can't believe you did this when you were so young. And, you know, being a female on top of that definitely has some of its challenges, but it also is just incredibly rewarding too, because, you know, for me in Fisher's Island Lemonade, it is just so much about the story and how we got started. And that's a really big differentiator for us as a company, because you're talking about a real person, a real place, you know, we're not, you know, being created in a lab or just sort of like a new trendy idea. And we already had an existing consumer base. So there was just a lot of methodical sort of ways about building the business and, you know, slowly and steadily just kind of you know, gaining traction and not trying to rush too fast or too soon. But, you know, all those things together, being young, being a female, trying to break into the liquor space um, was, was definitely has, has its challenges. But I think there's a whole lot of um, great people out there, you know, from distributors to accounts to consumers that, you know, were honestly looking for something better that, you know, better in the sense that, you know, they're getting the real deal when it came down to putting a cocktail in a can and truly calling it a cocktail versus maybe, you know, an FMB or, you know, a, uh, a spike seltzer type product. I mean, they're very, they're very fun and, and trendy. And, um, you know, there's, there's something out there for everyone. But, you know, I guess I was ready to just start my, my career in the next phase of the, of the family business. Yeah, I mean, I guess you've got that going for you too. You know, uh, you were you were young, but not crazy young. Um, but you also, this is again, I think it's important to to keep reminding that this is a legacy business, right? This comes from a business that already existed for, I'm assuming, quite some time. How long has the the Pequot been around? So technically, the Pequot Inn has been around since 1902. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's not uh, no, it's not, the it's not itself. Not yeah. <laughs> So the, the building, the island, Fisher's Island itself, the community, like 
that meant a whole lot to me. I absolutely love where I grew up and the community, friends and family, the businesses and everything. They've, they've all taught me something. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, making them proud of, of what, you know, I was going off and expanding from the Pequot and, you know, the, the Fishers Island community as well. So, you know, we actually give back to a handful of the nonprofit organizations there, as well as a scholarship for, you know, entrepreneurialism and, you know, trying to just educate the community about what it is that we're doing. And it's not just a business, it's truly a community and a, you know, real place that, you know, we want to make sure we're going to continue to support. And, you know, there's an overwhelming amount of just, you know, excitement, especially with the new flavors and, um, you know, all the products people are just, I think just waiting for me to finally like push go on this. And uh, it's been <laughs> fantastic. I love, every time I go into like a distributor office, they're like, when are you going to come out with the next one? I'm like, we're not quite here that we're not quite, quite there yet. And I think the timing of, of, you know, kind of COVID and a little bit of, uh, you know, some healthy competition has been really great for just educating consumers all in all of, you know, what Fisher's Island Lemonade is, what the canned cocktail space is, um, and then even the price point too. So, you know, people understanding that like, you know, our four pack is and should be going for about 15, 16, 99. Yeah. Right. Which is four, four bucks and change a, a, a can, which is, is a cocktail. It's four bucks for a cocktail. Yeah. There's no that. <laughs> That's like a good a, one. A pretty good value. Quality ingredients and, you know, a reasonable ABV and it's totally convenient and I can crack it open. Uh, you know, right out of a cooler in my backyard. I have a backyard. Well, you're, you're also um, talking to two Brooklynites who are like, you know, when we order a coffee and they're like, that'll be $8. They're like, that's probably what that costs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, you're getting 12 ounces of a pre-mixed, you know, quality cocktail. And, you know, if you compare it to a coffee or you compare it to even like going out for an ice cream or you know, an appetizer, like you, you get a pretty good bang for your buck, especially, you know, one of the challenges that I had was going from, pouring it, it over ice in a pint glass and then going from can. So us as, you know, bar owners, we were like, okay, like now we used to have 10 ounces that we would charge roughly $10 for. And then, you know, as soon as I put it in a can, my mom was like, I now have to buy it from a distributor too. And like, like with all my margins are going away. <laughs> like, yeah, so this is part of a bigger plan. <laughs> I mean, I can see that, but I can also see what you kind of, you, you sort of almost whisper mentioned earlier, like there's plenty of room to use this as a component in things too. You know, if I want to pour this over ice in a pint glass and then add a, a an ounce of whiskey to it or an ounce of, uh, you know, another ounce of vodka or something, like I can bump it up, I can change mm -hmm. it, I can pour it over a, a glass of ice that I've muddled some mint in the bottom of, or I could, you know, like there's, there's things we can do, you, you know, you don't just have to take things as they come. And I think that this one is delicious uh, on its own, um, but also like really you could easily modify this to make it into whatever you want. Oh my God. I, I love playing. I mean, like what doesn't go with lemons and the other benefit of Fisher's Island lemonade is that it's, you know, the original is not carbonated. And so we would speak to bartenders and we would have like bartender competitions and you put that in a shaker and you muddle that up you're not going to have any combustion because it's not carbonated, but then you can add the carbonation to it or you can like, you can just spruce it up. I just kind of think of it as an elevated sour mix. And so yeah. it's just, yeah, have at it. I mean, I'm already enjoying, really enjoying the fact that I ate a, some of my popsicle, but then used it as the <laughs> ice for my drink. Um, exactly. It's, it's melting into the drink. It's changing the, 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 you know, the sort of tartness. It's 
adding some ABV. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I, I don't want to say I'm shocked, but I'm, I'm enjoying it far more than I thought I was going to. We, we, we've been, you know, we've drank a bunch of RTDs on this show and this is, I think among the, among the best that I've had so far. You also don't strike me as a big popsicle guy. So I'm kind of, I'm very, I'm very impressed at your, your I mean, level of appreciation of this popsicle. I think honestly, Greg, you know, one of my problems with the popsicle is what we talked about before. And the fact that even though sugar, uh, you know, is a softening agent and doesn't freeze as hard as, you know, just say just plain water, sugar water will freeze softer, um, you know, for what's known as a standard popsicle with, you know, some food coloring in it and, and the hint of flavor. Um, the fact that there's alcohol in this gives it a softer texture, which makes it more, frankly, edible. I've never thought of popsicles as edible. As you said, you kind of got to wait and let them temper out before you can eat them. Otherwise, you're just like, you know, shattering through hard rock ice um, (laughs) with your teeth. But I think that, you know, right out of the freezer, this one was biteable, you know, and and edible. And I ate a couple of bites of it. And then I was like, that's great. But then I, you know, I've got this tall Collins glass that I just poured this stuff into. And I just slid the rest of the popsicle into the glass. And it's been again, sort of slowly melting and changing the texture and the flavor of the drink. And I don't know, I think there's, uh, you know, uh, I think the frozen uh, cocktail popsicles thing started, you know, several years ago. We saw them all over New York a couple of years ago, even all the way back to Dram days when Tony Guffey was making making them with Campari over there. Um, you know, I think that the addition of alcohol gives the texture of a popsicle more appeal to me. You're right. Pre Pre that, I don't think they're for me. You know me so well, is what just I'm saying. Twist my arm. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first, folks. If you want Southern to like something, just add booze to it. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty easy formula. That's the secret. Not a big fan of cookies? Add some booze. Okay, great. <clears throat> um, anyhow, uh, yeah, I'm, again, pretty uh, excited to, to, I don't know, to be tasting this. It's really good. Also, first first thing I've had except for an Underberg this morning, it may be giving me a buzz already. Um, which is not a bad thing either. I've I've seamlessly transitioned from coffee to this. So yeah, she said it's working. (laughs) Uh, It's the real deal. It's working already. Uh, (laughs) Does what it says on the can. Yeah. Works every time. Oh, already taken. Um, well, yeah, I, I also think that it's, it's a very smart move and, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, it seems like you're a, thoughtful and methodical person and you're planning this, but it's a very smart move to not, not move too quickly. Uh, to that end, uh, the Pequot's been around, you know, for a very long time. And then you introduce this and you're trading on, you know, that good reputation and good name. Um, but then suddenly, boom, seven years in, wham, several new marks. Why so many all at once? I mean, obviously these were in the plannings and in the works, but is there like a a background monetary reason to do them all at once or, you know, why didn't you drip them out one at a time, like get everybody excited and drip one and then do do it again? I think a lot of what pushed me to do everything this year was, you know, we were really constricted with like, you know, how much we were able to go out and see and talk and just, um, you know, promote the brand. And we had a lot of great experience, you know, the previous six years, of, you know, doing events and, you know, building up relationships with, you know, whether it was liquor stores on premise or distributors and salespeople alike. And, you know, consumers were constantly asking us like, oh, would you like, what, what about putting like, you know, a pink lemonade out or I really like it, but sometimes I don't always want the 9%. And I, and I actually, you know, think it'd be nice to have like a lighter version. 
And just add water. I'm <laughs> just, just read it. Jackasses. <laughs> all, all of these were just. You have control. Comments. You can control this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we really were just listening to what people were saying more and more of. And, and then it's just really, you know, a good portion of it is just making sure that you're doing what you think the consumer is going to, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, buy and, you know, continue to repeat buy because it's approachable and, you know, the, the quality of the ingredients and, you know, the, the flavors that we use, I mean, we use a real black tea in, in the spiked tea and it's, as soon as you pop that can or pour it of rice, you really get that aromatic smell of the mm-hmm. tea flavor and it comes through really well balanced in my opinion, when you put the, the lemon in there too. So it's uh, one of my favorites personally. And then, you know, there's, like I said, there's really depends on your mood and sometimes you want a little bit of a lighter one or, you know, it's summertime and I love ice cream and, you know, we've been doing like frozen Granada with the Fisher's Island original. So all of these were not only just great flavors and things that people were already, you know, craving, but the category was booming, you know, 2019, 2020, and then, you know, COVID and we're all just kind of like, okay, like we're stuck at home and, you know, stressing out about everything. And Fisher's was, you know, a consistent product that people have had before, whether they're a liquor store owner and they're purchasing products that they know are going to sell and move for them, or their cocktails to go in programs and states that, you know, are offering to go meals. They, they had already had Fishers on the menu. So they're like, here you go, have your entree to go and then put a Fishers in the bag. Sure. And I had had the pops idea for honestly a really long time, but I wasn't ready to release that yet just because of all the conversation we were having before about just educating people, price point, you know, merchandising and putting it in the right place in the store so people could find it. And, you know, all in all, like I knew that as a small independent brand, we had to make sure that we continued to sort of, you know, put our elbows out there and block and tackle. And there's a lot more, you know, coming into the space and, you know, with, with this new whole Find Your Island campaign and the new flavors and the innovation outside the can, it's just wowing people. And they're like, okay, Fishers is here. Fishers is, you know, pioneering this category and, you know, they're kicking butt. And, you know, I think overall the, the lemonade is just a really hot popular category when it comes down to liquor and or non-elk. So it's, it's really approachable and appealing to, to all sorts of people. Find your island. I love that. So I, I just I just want to ask one last question here about, you know, since the Pequot Inn has been around since 1902, it would have been so easy to just go, well, you know, we've been doing it this way for 100 years. It's worked <laughs> out so far. You know, it's like I just I love the the innovation that it took to look at that and say, nah, I, I think I think we can do something else. I think we can push this in a different direction. And I guess I want to know, like, how was that received by your family and how has that, you know, worked out for, for you and for the family business? Uh, they were definitely like, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, they're inc- <laughs> <laughs> they were incredibly supportive, but it was one of those things that, like, I guess I just had this vision in the foresight, like, long before in, you know, being a bartender and, you know, managing, you know, an interesting place on a small island um, you just constantly are thinking about how, how to sort of make or break your 14 weeks out of the year as a seasonal business. And, you know, you'd get off shift or, you know, you'd want to go ahead and enjoy a product maybe besides a beer outside of the bar. And 
you know, go fishing, going to the beach, like pulling into the cooler, you couldn't grab a Fisher's. You had to be, you know, at that, that bar for it. So I just figured, I was like, you know, the whole find your island, you, you don't have to be on a beach either. You could be on a chairlift in you know Colorado. And it's wherever your happy place is that you just want to crack open one and just think about, you know, happy times and, you know, enjoy this and share this with your friends. But Overall, yeah, my, my family is, is incredibly supportive and, and excited with, you know, how this is, uh, how this is going. And they're constantly, uh, you know, just asking about, you know, what's coming up new, like what's going to happen next. And, you know, right now we're distributed in 10 states, you know, through, you know, New England, New York, New Jersey. Um, we're opening up Delaware and Maryland here in the next couple of weeks. So we're just continuing to expand down the East Coast. We have Georgia as our first like real southern state, and then we have uh, Colorado as one of our first western states. So we're uh, you know, we're trying to make it more available as well as direct to consumer, available online to order. But uh, you know, we just want to make sure that all the liquor laws and everything that you know kind of go into the challenges with it, we're making the right step at the right time, and uh, we're incredibly excited to keep you know partnering with distributors and getting the product out there to more people because they certainly are commenting, you know, on all of our Instagram and our hello inboxes. When are you going to come to this state? I can't wait to have you here in my store. I mean, what a great, you know, what a, what a great thing to have is all that, that positive response towards a product that, 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 that wants to get out there and that people want to have in their hands. Um, I think Greg, I just discovered what it is that I like the most about the popsicle. You want to hear it? Sure. On the label, it says not for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Too shy. everybody knows how i feel about kids uh <laughs> and it says right there not for kids i do want to ask this and, and maybe it's maybe it's too personal um and you can certainly tell me to fuck off um it's fisher's island lemonade which is certainly where where the the, the pequot is why doesn't it why do, i'm looking at the labels now why does it not mention the the inn uh, so on the original it does it's uh, oh, on, the on the back there. The yeah, flavor? it just says Fisher's Island Lemonade originated at the Pequot Inn, Fisher's Island's only bar, established mm. for over 100 years. It's the Wait, you're the only bar. bar? That's a recipe for success. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you're 100 years old. <laughs> no competition. Somebody else tried once. It didn't work out well for them. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, that's great. Yeah, I think it should tie into that. You know, it's got. Um, Again, that's the legacy. I think that, you know, all these people who have for literally probably families that have gone there for generations and made that their their vacation time. I think that that's probably a real emotional tie in for them. And I'm a firm believer that people make most of their purchases based on emotions more than they make it on any other reason. So I think that's that's smart. Um, and now I'm emotionally attached to this popsicle because it says not for kids on it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been emotionally attached to this popsicle for this entire episode. I got to tell you, man, I'm already done with both. Uh, there's a little <laughs> tiny popsicle remnant in the bottom of my glass here. You can hear it. Uh, but the rest of the, the drink is gone. Um, You're going to have to go thoroughly... out and get more for Memorial Day and your no, barbecue. Yeah, go, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Alone. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this. And again, I think, um, you know, to, to take to, to offer no offense, like I don't think I was planning to enjoy this this much. You know, I think uh, we sit and, and talk to people and – uh, we drink their products, and and oftentimes I'm I'm being polite. I'm I'm not being polite right now. This is <laughs> delicious stuff. I would recommend it to people, and especially again at the price point, uh, it's quite a value. I think. I appreciate that. This yeah. is uh, fantastic. Four, I can't wait. Four-ish, to actually... four-ish bucks a can. Uh, how much do the popsicles cost? 
So the popsicles range anywhere from, you know, four to six bucks a pop, depending on, you know, where you're buying them. But they are, they're pretty reasonable too. I've seen them for three bucks. I've seen them for, for five ninety nine. So I would grab them. Sure. It's what the market will bear, I guess. It's three and three and a third ounces. It looks like 3.38 fluid ounces to the popsicle. Um, again, seven, seven percent ABV, not for kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's great. Ronnie, I think you just find yourself a new New York City rep. <laughs> <laughs> We're hiring. We got you. Southern Teague, known for bitters and popsicles. Um, <laughs> Popsicle he's, a man with many hats. he's a man with many opinions. <laughs> That's what I got, his opinion. Uh, well, I'm glad we won you over. It wasn't hard. I, don't, I guess not. Um, uh, Ronnie, really delightful to have you on. Listen, how uh, can the consumer uh, follow what you're doing or get a hold of you if they need to? So the, the main one is our, our Instagram and our website, FI Lemonade or FILemonade.com. And uh, you can find a wealth of information, some fun videos. Our marketing team does a fantastic job of, you know, curating content and sharing all sorts of our consumers' uh, posts. So we really, really take a lot of pride in, you know, how people are enjoying and, you know, finding their island with Fisher's Island Lemonade. So check it out. Find your island with Fisher's Island Lemonade. That's that's great. Um, See, he's got the catchphrase down. <laughs> yeah. the, the catchphrase, Greg, again, is not for kids. <laughs> uh, spirit pop, not for kids. <laughs> um, well, really, thank you so very much, uh, Bronya, for giving us your time today and chatting with us about this project that you obviously have a lot of passion about. Um, seven-year anniversary coming up this weekend. Congratulations on that. That's humongous uh, in any field of endeavor, especially in the alcohol um, sphere. Uh, and my best of luck to you on getting into more markets. Uh, that's a challenging spider web of, of legalities uh, that you have to overcome just to get into the different states. Um, and I'm glad that people out there are, are thirsty for your product, uh, literally and figuratively. So really, really great to have you on. Thanks for your time. Thank you, guys. This is a wonderful experience. What a great way to celebrate our seven-year anniversary. So very much appreciative. Um, that's all I've got. Greg, you got anything else? Uh, no, just wanted to wish everybody, uh, uh, well, wish Branya a happy anniversary and everybody else a happy Memorial Day. You know, stay stay safe. Don't be dumb. Still wear your mask when people tell you to. Don't be a jackass about it. But, you know, maybe and maybe let yourself have fun. Like, just a little bit. Remember, fun? Fun allow, is great. Allow right? yourself have to have some. fun. Go get vaxxed if you haven't. Um, yes, it's, God, it's please. It's the fucking right thing to do. Just get it done. Um, and, and yeah, uh, come over to my house for Memorial Day. I'll be grilling out. Um, I'm not going to probably get the get anything done in time to do any, any smoking, but this, this, uh, this, this machine that I bought is both a smoker and a grill. So I'll be grilling out on Monday for sure. We'll, we'll post your address in the show notes. All the, all of our listeners will be there. <laughs> I, I bring them on, man. I'm ready. It's a big, it's a big one. I don't mess around. I got, a, I got a backyard for the first time in my life in New York city, 20 years without a backyard. I got a backyard. Better believe I got a big ass grill. No oh, shit. I will see you there, bud. <clears throat> All right, bud. You're totally invited. Branya, please come as well. Um, and we'll crack open a bunch of these uh, lemonades and have a great time if you want. I'll um, bring the but, cooler. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it for this episode of The Speakeasy. Thanks for tuning in. Check out Heritage Radio Network for more shows just like this one. Click on the beating heart up in the top right-hand corner to donate to your uh, to donate to Heritage Radio to keep shows like ours on the air. And actually, you can pick which show you want to donate to. That's a new feature. Um, so you can donate directly to us uh, um, and keep, keep the show on the air and we really appreciate you listening and, and have a safe uh, Memorial Day weekend. And like Greg said, get out there and you know, you're allowed to have fun again. So start having fun again. Cheers, guys. Do it. 
Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fair, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.